You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. While you were skipping stones, building forts and flying kites, I was missing school and on my Saturday nights. Other kids were climbing trees and rolling down hills. I was singing songs to pay my family's bills. Little me, growing up Broadway. Little me. Hello, I'm Mark Tuminelli, and welcome back to the Little Me podcast. I'm so excited about my guest today. At the age of seven, she made her Broadway debut as Little Cosette in Les Miserables at the Imperial Theater. In 1999, she starred as Annie in the wonderful world of Disney's remake of the Broadway musical Annie, opposite Kathy Bates, Victor Garber, Audra McDonald, and directed by Rob Marshall. Her other TV and film credits include The Big House, Dotson's Journey, Out Girl Out, and The Thirst. Please welcome Alicia Morton. Hi, Alicia. How are you? Hi, Mark. I'm great. How are you? I am so excited to talk to you. I am like such a huge fan of yours from when you were a kid, and uh, I can't wait to hear your story. Well, great. I'm ready to talk. (laughs) Um, All right. So let's start from the beginning. You grew up in Louisiana, which is where you are now, right? Correct. Yes. I'm from a small town um, outside of Baton Rouge, about 20 minutes. Um, It's pretty much in the bayou. Uh, (laughs) I call it the swamp. So, um, but yeah, I bought a house here about three years ago, right before my mom passed away. And um, yeah, I'm here and I like it. And uh, me and my dogs live really happy. So I love that. What is the first memory you have of singing? When did that start for you? Okay, so singing, um, when I was really young, I was probably about three years old. Uh, My family took me to, where were we? Branson, Missouri. In the RV. Yeah, in an RV. And um, we went and saw Loretta Lynn. So it's really funny because I don't really listen to a lot of country music. But um, after I saw her, I sang like the entire way home. Like we had a little stairway going up to the uh, captain's chair, the driver's chair. And I like that was my stage. And I was going to sing with a marker walking up and down. So, yeah, that's kind of how it started. (laughs) 
All right. So a lot of kids sing and they're talented. What was it do you think about you that made your parents go, we have to find some more opportunities for her? Well, basically, uh, my mom's really good friend was a dance teacher and that's how I started. So she wanted to experiment with me at like 17 months old. And then I started singing in her studio when I was alone with her and she talked to my mom and she's like, look, she's like, your daughter's singing. And like, I think you need to come in and hear it. She's like, I've never heard anything like it. And um, I think I was about four by that time. And so like, what kind of things were you doing after that dance teacher started to guide you? So, well, that's when I first started uh, with my first voice teacher. I worked with her until I was six years old. And then um, two teachers were were recommended to my mom. They taught at LSU. They were vocal professors there. But they didn't take anyone under the age of 13. Well, she called them anyway, told you know, told them my story and they agreed to meet with me and they ended up taking me in and trained me classically. I mean, they're amazing opera singers. I never really sang opera, but they gave me the right tools and, you know, started training me at a really young age. And it was great. And were you doing like local theater in Baton Rouge and things like that? Yeah, I would do Baton Rouge Little Theater. And then I was doing song and dance competitions pretty much all over the country. So I was going to Vegas at this point, um, Orlando, New Orleans, like all over with um, Star Power and Showstoppers mainly. Oh, my God. What would you perform? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I think my... <laughs> Are you ready? I'm ready. Uh, <laughs> my first year, I think it was uh, Baby Take a Bow, and I was three, three or okay. four. And then it was I Enjoy Being a Girl. Great. And then um, when I was six, uh, we hired a professional Fosse choreographer, and Ooh. he did all that jazz with me. And that's the number that ultimately got me my manager in New York City. So I was like seven years old, six, seven years old doing Fosse choreography. Like it's not normal, (laughs) (laughs) but I ate it up. I loved it. I was good at it. And we were in, um, at the, uh, Opryland near the Grand Ole Opry. And, uh, they had, it was like shut down and they let us use it because he, you know, knew people there. And we were just like dancing through the park. And I just remember just being like in heaven. And I was like, this dude is like awesome. You know, (laughs) I'm learning all these cool techniques that I had never heard of or seen, you know? And and it sounds like you were like such a sponge for, you know, the attention and also for the opportunity. It seems like you were really stepping up to the plate. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, like ever since I can remember, that's all I wanted to do. I told my grandfather I would be on Broadway by the time I was 17. And I mean, I had never even seen a Broadway show really, but I was like, I'm going to be on Broadway. Like, this is what I'm doing. Okay. So you didn't have to wait till you were 17. You were on Broadway. Talk to me about Les Mis, which obviously was your Broadway debut. Um, Tell me how that job came to you. Do you remember how the audition came about? Well, I auditioned once I got my manager in New York. um, That was my seventh birthday. My parents flew me up there to meet with her. Like they surprised me and she took me in and I started auditioning. My first audition was the Who's Tommy and I almost got it. It was between me and two other girls and I didn't get it. And then I started auditioning for Les Mis and it took almost a year, but they kept calling me back and they were like, you're too small. 
but we really want you just come back, but you're too small. And then finally I just, they hired me. I, it would was, your, would your family come back and forth to New York for all of those callbacks? Yeah. My mom and I would fly back and forth and then my dad and brother stayed home. So my dad ran a flooring and decorating business. So he had to be here for that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. So tell me about booking Les Mis. Who, how did your mom tell you or who told you? Um, I'm trying to think. <laughs> I remember the Annie one very, very well. We're getting it, to that. We're not there yet. No, because it was torture. <laughs> but no, I think Les Mis, I mean, I just kind of remember, I remember, oh, my mom had laryngitis for the last audition that I went and saw him and Richard J. Alexander was there. Yes. And at the end of the audition, he goes, can I talk to your mom? And I was like, well, she's really sick right now, you know? And, um, He's like, well, go get her. And like, I went out and I was like, mom, they want to talk to you. And she's like, you're kidding. And like, she can't talk. Like she has no voice. And like, so I tell him, I'm like, she has laryngitis. Like she can't talk, you know? And um, so they ended up telling her like, you know, that they were interested and I guess they were going to call my manager. And I basically like, you know, started the process. And then I remember we had like three or four days to go home and relocate and get to New York. Yeah. Okay. So what was that like? Were you, you were in regular school before that, I'm assuming? Yeah. I went to private Baptist school and I just remember like, you know, my mom and my dad and my brother and I, we all sat down in the living room and my parents asked me, they said, Alicia, do you want to go to New York and do this? Or do you want to stay home, you know, and Mm -hmm. do what you're doing here? And I was like, I want to go to New York. And they were like, okay, well, you know, you and your mom are going to go to New York and your dad and your brother is going to stay here and we'll just figure it out and we'll make it work. And that's what we did. Oh my God. Do you remember those first few days of like living New York? I know you're like seven, but that's like a huge adjustment. Oh, I was excited. I mean, like I, I just, I felt like I belonged there. I wanted to move to New York so bad. I mean, it was my dream. So, you know, It was just, everything was becoming a reality. I was on top of the world, you know? Wow. Um, How how long were you in New York before you started performing? Um, Well, we had the three days to move, and then I think I had six days of rehearsal, and then I started. In like this huge Broadway show. Mm -hmm. How exciting. Do you remember when? I I remember specifically the stage manager, like my first day on the job, we were on the stage and he pulled me over and he goes, I know you're only eight years old. You know, I had actually just, I think I was eight. Yeah. I was about to turn nine and he goes, but we expect you to be an adult now and act like one, you know, you are on Broadway and you know, you're a professional now. And it wasn't really ugly. I didn't feel offended. I understood what he was telling me and I was like, okay, you know, yes, sir. I was like, I understand. You know, and then he's like, don't call me sir, because I'm from the <laughs> South, you know. So I was calling everyone ma'am and sir and missus and mister, and, like, they hated that. So, you know, that that was funny. But other than that, it was all really great. Did your mom love living in New York? Oh, yeah. She loved it, too. I just feel like we just had Mar- Marty Thomas on the podcast last week, mm-hmm. and he was kind of talking about moving from this, you know, small town, Missouri with him and his mom living in New York. And she got a job working at a restaurant and like, they were just, yeah. 
doing all the things because they were like having this huge vacation from their normal life. Right, right. Yeah, no, she loved it. And I mean, she didn't actually work. She didn't have to, fortunately, because my dad did very well. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so, um, but yeah, I mean, we really didn't have many issues at all adjusting. You know, we became really good friends with Andrea McArdle and Alexis, her daughter. And um, was Andrea in Lee Miz then? No, Alexis was. Oh, okay. but a- after it was after I was in the show. I think she came in about five or six months after I had started. Alexis came because she replaced Leah Michelle. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. So it was yeah, it was me, Leah, and then Kim Hannon when I started. But wow. yeah, that's mm-hmm. like a good. That's a good group of girls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure you have some good Leah Michelle stories that we can. I mean, you know, we could talk about after. Yeah, you know, <laughs> now every, everyone knows. Yeah, I know. I know that now, but you know, I still want to give respect and. Yes, know. of course. So, um, you did Lame Miss for how long? Um, I did. It was a little over four years, I believe. Oh my so god! So it was 1996 to 1999. That is like a very long run for a little. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, and when I got Annie, when I booked it, they actually offered me to come back to Les Miserables after I finished. They were like, you can take the hiatus and then you can come back. You you have a place here because I was still small and I was just like, no, I was like, I got to go. It's time to move on. I'm going to Hollywood. Who was in Les Mis while you were in it? I know Ricky Martin was in the show while you were in it. Was there any other? uh, Ricky was Melba Moore. Well, yeah. When I first started, she was Fontaine, um, Alice Ripley. Who do you remember from that time, like really sort of taking you under your wing and or under their wing and helping you out and getting adjusted to your new stardom? Um, let's see who really. Um, honestly, it was probably one of my friends, Jessica Snow Wilson. Oh my god, played- I know her. Yeah. Yeah, she played Eponine at the time, and we just became really close, and everyone always called me Little Snow, and she was just like a big sister to me, and a lot, I mean, honestly, Mark, a lot of the adults were incredible to me in that show. I mean, I honestly say that they helped raise me, you know, to this day, you know, I had a a lot of very close relationships with a lot of them. And your father passed away while you were doing Lehman's? Correct. Yeah. When I was, yeah, when I was 10. So he had throat cancer when I was a year old and had his vocal cords removed. So he spoke with a voice box. So I never actually, you know, heard my father's voice, but, um, and then I think about it. I mean, it wasn't even a full year after we were in New York that, um, it came back and it was in the lungs and liver. So, yeah. And then, I mean, he didn't, you know, last very long. He went to MD Anderson. I mean, he was getting the best care that he could, but you know, lung and liver cancer is no joke. Yeah. Yeah. How were you able to continue to do like this work and get on stage every night kind of dealing with that sort of sadness and that readjustment? Cause I'm sure that that was a really difficult process. After he passed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, after, I mean, that's, that's pretty much when, you know, I really realized how amazing the people at Les Miserables were because they let me go home when he like 
went into the hospital like a, like two weeks before he passed when it got serious. And they ended up just telling me to stay all throughout Christmas and just come back in January. This was October. And they just were like, take time, spend it with your family and then come back in January. And they just, they gave me the time to, to grieve, you know, and then I went back and they were just, uh, you know, my family, they really were. And I'm sure having that distraction of getting to do like the greatest Broadway musical, you know, oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, is it, a nice way to, yeah, to it heal. Helped. Yeah. yeah, it helped if anything, I would say, you know, keep me going, you know. Amazing. So I'm sure your time in Les Mis was like really wonderful. And, uh, but were you auditioning for other things during that time? Yeah, I was always auditioning for other things. I actually almost booked the, I think it was the 25th anniversary of Annie revival on Broadway when Joanna, when Joanna got it. Yeah. Well, anyways, I was one of the girls at Macy's that day, but I couldn't go on camera because I was in Les Mis. So like the equity rule, I couldn't go on camera. So they only showed three, but I was the fourth girl, but I had to like sit on the side. But later I found out if I would have booked it, I probably wouldn't have had the chance to be in the movie. So I guess it worked out. (laughs) Yeah, it worked out perfectly. (laughs) But yeah, I did that. And then I almost booked Sound of Music at one point. And then, you know, I did the normal voiceover work all the time and you know, I, I did a lot of voiceover commercials constantly. You know, you see you were in so. that child actor 90s. Yeah, uh, yeah, yep, pretty much. Um, Jingles. Right, so yes. <laughs> you were know. you a Broadway kid? Did you have, were you on any of those albums? No, I did not do the Broadway kids. I mean, I could have, you know, and that was one thing I didn't do because my my really close friend, uh, Chris Truesdale was and Cassidy and all of them. So, yeah. you know. I was yeah. always like the most jealous of the Broadway kids. Like that I was can't. my dream. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my God, those kids are so cool. That's hilarious. Oh God. With their like, um, their big show jackets. Um, well, yeah. And it was like, well, oh. Rogers Follies and uh, everyone, all the kids in Les Mis and the kids in King and I. Um, yep. Oh my God. It's so crazy. All right. Let's talk about Annie because this is a huge thing. 3000 mm-hmm. girls auditioned to, for this Disney TV movie remake of Annie. What do you remember about your first audition? Okay. Well, my Here first, we go. <laughs> well, actually, so by the time I got in there, I think it was 3000 girls, but Originally, it was more because, you know, the big like cattle calls all over the country. So by the time I come in, you know, because I was already working on Broadway, it was, you know, um, more closed auditions. And um, I just remember they told me to prepare. You're never fully dressed without a smile. And they said, you know, there's a new Annie movie by Disney and they want you to come in for an orphan. And I was like, all right, cool. So I go, you know, see my vocal coach the day before, and he's like, "Well, is that he's Rob like, Marks? Yeah, yeah, okay. you know, of course it was, you know, Bob yeah. Marks." So I go see Bob, and um, we go over. You're never fully dressed without a smile, and then he's like, "You want to go over tomorrow?" And I was like, "Well, why?" And he's like, "I don't know." He's like, "Let's just go over it," and I was like, "Okay." So we go through it, and he's like, "Okay, cool." He's like, "I just wanted to make sure you knew it." you know, and you're comfortable just in case. And uh, so I go in the audition. I do like one bar of you're never fully dressed. You're never fully dressed. I hate, I hate to say that song. And uh, 
they stop me and they're like, okay, stop. And I'm like, all right. And they're like, do you know tomorrow? And I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I like just think it in my head, like laughing in my head. Okay, Bob, thanks. You know? <laughs> and so I, you know, we went through the whole song and they were like, that was great. Thanks. You know, really nice. And, um, that was it. I didn't hear anything for, I mean, it was probably over a month. I think. And then they finally called and that's when it all started. And it was just audition after audition after audition, you know. How many auditions do you think you had? Oh, I don't know. But I I think it was like two months. At least it felt like two months. Like, you know, and it's just the normal thing. You know, you go in, you're pulled aside, you know, how this person, this person, this person go to the right. The rest of you, thank you, you know. and um the first day I, I saw Rob Marshall, I mean, he just had his eye on me and I knew, you know, and he would just stare at me and I would look at him and I knew and he would just keep pulling me over, pulling me over. And I'm like, all right. And like, I don't know, after probably about a week, I, I told my mom, I was like, mom, I was like, I don't know. But I said, I think they're looking at me for Annie. I was like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's what's going on. And she's like, well, you're probably right. (laughs) And, um, you know, so it just kept going. And then it turned into, you know, doing a screen test out in L.A. with three other girls. And one of them was Evan Rachel Wood. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I was the only one that from New York city. So like they flew me in and everything first class, like, oh my God, did you like, feel so fancy? Oh yeah. Treated me like a princess. Like, I mean, I, I was like, man, I, re- I, I wanted this role so bad at that point. And I go in for the rehearsal screen test and Rob is there and you know, he's just like, I know you can do this, you know? And he's like, you know, basically telling me, like, help him prove to the others that, you know, I can do this role. And I'm just like, and like, right before they started filming me in front of everybody, he's just like, I know you can do this. And I'm like, oh, my God. And so like, I'm freaking out because it's like pressure, but he was being sweet. But I'm like, you know, he wants me to do this. And like, I have to do the best. And, you know, so it was kind of a sweet process. (laughs) Okay, so you do your screen test. You go back to New York before you find out you book it? Yeah, it was a while then, too. I mean, I think it was at least a couple weeks. And um, I was backstage at Les Mis with my tutor. And, I mean, honestly, I was starting to think I just didn't, you know, nothing happened with it. And the payphone rings. And so I go answer it. And um, He's like, hi, um, can I speak to Alicia? And I'm like, this is she. And he's like, oh, he's like, this is Rob Marshall. And I mean, like, you know, I'm like, my, I'm turning red. My heart's dropping, you know, and I'm on the phone. And I'm like, oh, hi. I'm like, how are you? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then he's like, well, I had a question for you. And I'm like, uh-huh. And he's like, would you like to be Annie in the Disney movie, you know, that we're doing? And I'm like, well, yeah, I would, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, uh, you know, we just started talking and he's like, you know, Victor Garber's going to be uh, Daddy Warbucks and we have Kathy Bates as Miss Hannigan. And I'm like, I don't know who Kathy Bates <laughs> is. I'm thinking to myself. And he's like, have you ever 
seen Misery? And I'm like, no, no. I haven't seen Misery. He's like, <laughs> but know? have you seen Dolores Claiborne? <laughs> Just <know> yes. <laughs> yes, which I had, you know, so... You know, oh I knew who she was, but like, I just didn't put two and two together and that's how it all started. And he was just always really nice. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> so were you like, holy shit, I'm going to be Annie. Like every, like, how did, you, uh, did you do the um, show that night? I'm sure that that was like a fun night to be in Les Mis. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, everything from there on was just awesome. You know, it, it was just preparing to go out to LA and start filming. We'll start rehearsal and all the adults at Les Mis, like, got me a cake and did a big Happy Trails, like, song for me at intermission and everything. And it, it was lovely. It was great. <laughs> oh. All right. So yeah. tell me about going to, you know, California to start filming this very... I just rewatched it two nights ago in preparation for chatting with you. And oh, Lord. It's, <laughs> it's very good. So um, it's not even... It, it really holds up. It's, like, so beautifully done. It looks so expensive. And you... You are sensational. So good work. Well, thank you. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people say that. Um, I think it took me a long time to realize that I was really good in that role. You were, uh, yeah. you know, a long time. So, um, well, it's very hard no. to watch yourself do anything. I mean, especially when you're an adult watching yourself as a kid. You're like, who is that kid? I don't know who that is. It just well, yeah. And then yeah. my best friend's mom was the original Annie on Broadway, who like basically knew nothing because we never spoke about what we were auditioning for until like we booked something. Wow. So she didn't even know until right before I went to do my screen test, I finally told her and I was like, Andrea, I was like, they're, they're auditioning me for Annie. And she's like, well, she's like, you're perfect. You know, she was like, I, I mean, hello. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, you know, but I, I have that to live up to, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, going out to LA was great. Uh, you know, we went, we stayed at Oakwood Apartments. That's, I think, the Show normal is. out yes. there, right? Uh-huh. The Oakwoods. So um, we stayed there and then we filmed on Universal, which is where we had our stages. So we had two there where the orphanage was. And then they built a uh, Warbucks mansion in the other stage. And then all of the backlot stuff was done at Warner Brothers. Did it feel really magical, like, while you were rehearsing it? Oh, yeah. We did it all at uh, Debbie Reynolds uh, Studio, actually, in Burbank. And uh, so Carrie Fisher was actually there a lot. And I I mean, I didn't, now I remember, but yeah, my mom was like, oh, yeah, she was always up in there. And I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I mean, we did, we did a whole month of just rehearsal, you know, choreography. And then me working with the dog was a lot of it, too, and bonding with the two dogs I had to work with and learning how to work with them. So, which um, has now come in handy in your real life, which we'll, we'll talk about pretty much. Yeah. 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 Um, So tell me about working with that cast. So, you know, you obviously mentioned Kathy Bates and Victor Garber, Audrey McDonald is also in the show, Alan Cumming, Kristen Chenoweth. Chenoweth. This is like an unbelievable group. Oh yeah. I mean, Honestly, like I never was big in film. I, I don't really like film, you know, opposed to theater, but doing that movie was probably the best first movie I could ever get, you know, because I mean, I had this stellar like Broadway veteran cast that I was working with. Like, hello, it was amazing. And I'm sorry, my dog is barking. No, it's great. It's like perfect as we talk about Sandy and dogs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
They're, they know. So um, tell me about Kathy Bates. What was she uh, like with you? She was great. I mean, she's a Southern girl like me. So like, I mean, she like really was able to get on my level like right away. And she was like, girl, she was like, you're awesome. She was just like, don't change a thing. And that was it. And I mean, we were buds, you know, and I loved working with her, like filming, you know, with her was just a breeze. It was awesome. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Was there a level of stress that, like, you were the star of this movie? Could you feel any of that? Um, oh, yeah, but... <laughs> I did, but it was so much fun, Mark. Like, yeah. I mean, I, we were doing, you know, I was an amusement park, like, junkie. So we were right next to Universal Studios. So I was filming literally right next to, like, the Jurassic Park ride, and I could just walk over and ride the ride. Oh, my God. So, I so mean, cool. like, I just had a field day, you know. I would go film, and then I'd just walk over to Universal and have a blast. Like, I was having the time of my life. It was awesome. And like nobody really knew who I was yet. So it was mm -hmm. great. And I was just living the life. And I was like, you know, it hadn't hit yet, you know, till after I filmed and go to New York. And then my face is on the side of the buses and I can't <laughs> walk down the street. And I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> you know, then it changes. But no, filming was really cool. What do you remember most? Is there a scene or a number or something you remember most that really sticks out? Hmm. Well, the hardest scene was when I had to cry. Mm -hmm. That was the hardest scene for me. And then um, the most, uh, I mean, the best scene was Hard Knock Life. I just, like, the rehearsal of it and filming it was the best day. I mean, we had so much fun doing that number. Do you feel like it was just hard to get emotional with a camera in front of you and not not like a in a theater setting? Do you think exactly. that made it harder? Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then, like, you know, the pressure of, oh, you have to like cry on the spot. And I never really had done anything like that before in my acting career. I mean, I, you know, did Young Cosette on Broadway. That was it. Mm -hmm. You know, I never had acting classes, nothing. All I ever did was dance and voice classes. Wow. So that was, yeah. And still to this day, I've really, I've only taken maybe three professional acting classes ever in my life. So. Well, you were such a good little actress in that movie, though. I mean, I got to tell you, like, the scenes that you're stressed out about, I was like, she's killing it. Like, you're so well, thank you. present and sweet. And the thing that I think is special about your Annie, and I would love for you to weigh in on this, is that you are you are so uh, honest and simple and you never are, like, pushing. You, it just seems so easy. Um, did 
did you well, do you feel some of that? Oh yeah, I mean, I know that that's why they picked me. I, yeah. mean, I know that's why Rob picked me, and it was you know even in rehearsal doing the songs, working with Paul Bogave. I mean, he he was brilliant. He would just help me break down these songs and really speak them, you know, and, and convey what she's trying to tell where it wasn't just belting your face off in a theater. It was, you know, let's show what Annie is really trying to say, because when you're on film, it's a different setting and you have to make her a little bit more real. You know, people have to connect with her on another level. What kind of things were people telling you when you were like recording the soundtrack for tomorrow as that is, you know, obviously the song that everyone wants to hear. Um, do, is there anything you remember about when you were laying down the tracks or filming that scene? Um, hmm. Well, I remember one of the, one of the girls who played an orphan said the way I made comments about the way I sang it. And I can't remember specifically what she said, but it wasn't that nice. She was kind of making fun of me and I just let it go in one ear and out the other, you know, because I was going to sing it the way that, I was going to sing it, you know, and like I said, me and Paul worked really, really hard on, you know, forming my own way of doing it. And tomorrow I actually recorded most of that live on set, like the whole beginning where she's with the dog. I was actually doing that live and I I was really appreciative that they gave me that opportunity because it really helped. I think the whole scene and the acting and the, the, you know, essence of what she was going through. The sun will come out tomorrow, so you gotta hang on till tomorrow. Come with me. Were you a big fan of the Annie, the original movie, the 82 movie? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I watched it as a kid, of course, you know, and I had never seen it on stage until I was on Broadway and the 25th anniversary was going on. Mm -hmm. So I think we got I got tickets one night. So I was able to see that. I did. I played Molly at my uh, private school when I was small. We did Annie, but I was like four years old. So that was, you know, other than the movie, I didn't really know. You know, that's all we had here in Louisiana, you know? Well, just so many of us that are, and I'm a little bit older than you, but um, so many of us like just grew up watching that Annie movie so much because it was always on or always available. Like it just was. It was a huge part of so many people's childhood. So I think that there is a there's a great love for the the show and the story and um, your oh, version. Definitely. Yeah, um, no, and now I that mean, your version's I, on Disney Plus, it's like I feel like so many kids are rewatching it or ex- finding it in a new way. Yeah, I mean it's great. Like, uh, yeah, I don't knock any version of Annie. I think they're all great. You know, um, they're all different versions. You know, yeah. so. But yeah, of course I grew up with with that one. I, I think I even had like the 
the old school metal lunchbox box. with yes, her with on Alien it. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Have you ever met I Alien? Was she, at the, was she at anything that you met her? Um, I met her actually like a I think a couple years before I booked Annie, she was in Peter Pan, yeah. the revival. Mm-hmm. And I went to the cast party, I think, and I met her there. So, yes, I have met her a couple times. She's really great. She's like a very yeah, good friend. She's I love really her. awesome. Yeah, she was, yeah, I was, yeah, I. You know, I don't know her very well, but I can't say anything bad for sure. Well, you know, like all the Annies, you're like in the, you're in the Annie club. Yeah, pretty much. All right. I want to talk about the movie premiere because I mentioned to you okay. when, when I first started chatting with you that I was also there and it was like so memorable. Like I can remember so much about that night. So I'm well, sure what for were you, you doing there? I worked at the New Amsterdam <laughs> theater then. And so my job oh. was, I had to take Kathy Bates from walking into the theater to her seat. And then I had to take her when the movie ended, I had to get her from her seat at F one Oh one and walk her up on stage. Cause you guys all went on stage after yes. and I had to walk her up the stairs, make sure she was fine and then get wait for her to walk her back yes. down. Um, and then at the after party, she like sought me out and she thanked me. She was so lovely, um, to me. So I was there for everything, but tell me my story is less interesting than being Annie in the Annie movie. Yeah, I know. Um, (laughs) Oh gosh. So tell me about that night at the new Amsterdam theater on Broadway and then Roseland, which was the greatest party ever. Well, I mean, it was a huge premiere um, for a TV movie. I mean, you were there. You see, that that wasn't normal. It snowed. Do you remember it was snowing when you came into the party? Oh, Oh, yeah. I mean, I just, I mean, I remember pulling up and I mean, it was literally the entire red carpet experience. And, you know, I had this beautiful red dress that was basically kind of... um, based off of Gwyneth Paltrow's Oscar winning dress, the, the light pink one. Uh-huh. So, uh, the owner of monkey wear, the, the girl who like designed my dress, I wanted red. I met with her, you know, she, you know, and I was like, I really want red. She was like, well, look, she was like, I just bought this material for my curtains in my home. And she's like, I think you're going to love it. And like, she brought it to me and it was perfect. It was like the perfect red that I wanted. And I was like, it's perfect. And she's like, okay, she's like, I'm making it with this. And I was like, awesome. (laughs) And, uh, so yeah, I mean, like I got out and I had my, my awesome red dress on and there's the red carpet. And I mean, you know, it was just, crazy you know everybody's taking pictures and it's I guess somewhat surreal you know um and had you seen the movie already had they screened it for you before was no. that the first time no first time ever I hadn't oh. seen a thing well no I mean we didn't I hadn't nothing I didn't get to hear the the cd tracks until the cd was out you know and so, um, so, yeah, that was the first time I'm wow. seeing anything. So, I mean, I'm think about it. I, I'm I wasn't worried about anything going on except like what was going to be on that screen. I was so nervous, and I'm just like, like I couldn't even, you know. Uh, the entire time I'm sitting on the edge of my seat in the theater because I'm like, what are people thinking? What are people thinking? What are people thinking? You know, and uh, so it was an experience. Oh my God. Well, everyone loved it. It was a great night. What, what moments stick out for you from that night? Um, let's see. I would probably say 
the after party for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, the premiere was like getting it done. And then the after party, like, I mean, I met so many people and it was just, it, it blew my mind. You know, all these famous people are there and they're coming up to me and, you know, giving me compliments. And it was, it was just really cool. It was really awesome. And, um, that was the first time I met Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> and so like her and her mom came up to me. Well, we ended up working together at Disney world. Uh, for Millennium Dreamers, I think about a year later. But yeah, I mean, it was just crazy to me. Like, I, I don't know, it just happened so fast. You know what I mean, Mark? Like, yeah, yeah, I was on Broadway and all, but then it went, like, I was just filming this movie in California that was a made-for-TV movie, and then all of a sudden it was like just this huge made-for-TV movie. Yeah, it normally you know. does not quite work out that way. They're, right, they, yeah. right. It, 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 that was the part that wasn't like adding up in my brain, you know? <laughs> I'm just like, what's going on? And then, you know, even after it premiered, I think on TV, I think we we had more viewers than like the football game that night and stuff. Like it was crazy. It was so well received and you, you got the whole thing got a rave in the New York times, but you specifically, I'm going to read it to you, which might make you uncomfortable, but I'm going to do it anyway. Okay. God bless 12 year old Alicia Morton, who plays Annie when she sings tomorrow, that harrowing ghost tune of little girl auditions past strolling through the melting snow streets of Manhattan with her new dog, Sandy. She really does seem to be thinking about tomorrow rather than how precious she is. And that's like, that is like exactly (laughs) what it is. It's like, you're so, it's so true and honest. And uh, I think that's why uh, people responded to the movie in general so well um, because of your performance. I mean, had you been like a precocious theater kid, it would have, you know, not worked at all. Um, Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think I ever was. I mean, we were, I mean, we did some, you know, we were theater kids, you know, we were, we were mischievous and I had a group, you know, and it was me (laughs) and Alexis Kalehoff and Chris Truesdale and we were best friends. And I mean, we had a blast and, you know, but we were just never, you know, I was never, you know, oh, I'm going to get this role and you're not going to get this role or anything like that. And, you know, my mom raised me to be that way. Like every audition I went into is like, Oh, if I get it great, if I don't, then I don't, you know, I'm either going to be what they're looking for or I'm not. And, you know, everyone else was my friend, you know, and I was happy if they got the role and I did it, you know, great. I'll get what I'm, you know, I mean, that's really the best way to sort of handle it. Cause it could really be a mental game when you're a little kid, especially Mm -hmm. when you have success, like you had. Um, right. So what happens, the movie, We uh, the premiere at the New Amsterdam was like a week before the movie actually was on television. So right. when the movie came out and it played on, you know, Sunday night or whatever, how did your life like kind of change the next day? Did you feel like oh. people were seeing you oh, in a yeah. weird way? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I lived on 48th Street between 8th and Broadway. And, you know, so, I mean, I'm right there. And then all the buses around were, like I said, had, you know, me on them, Annie, not all of them, but a lot. And that's when I first started. I mean, the first time I saw that, I'm like, oh, Lord, I'm like, this is like weird, you know, and then I would go to Rite Aid or whatever, right across the street. And I mean, people just started recognizing me. And it was pretty much every time I left the building. So was there a part of you that like that? A little bit. Yeah. As long as it wasn't over 
overloaded. There was one time where I freaked out. Well, we ended up actually um, moving back home that, you know, shortly after um, Annie premiered actually, because I was under contract with ABC Disney and rather than staying there and wasting money on rent and all that, it was just easier for us to come here and be patient while they were writing stuff and whatnot. So that's a whole nother story. Lizzie McGuire was written for me originally, but I couldn't do it because of contract reasons between ABC and Disney. Is that, is that very hard to, uh, to wrap your brain around? It is. Um, my managers and agents didn't tell me until later, which I'm glad that they didn't because, you know, it probably would have really upset me a whole lot more. Um, you know, the same yeah. thing happened with Aileen too. She was on contract to do three other Annie movies. With um, who? With Aileen Quinn. Oh, Aileen. Yeah. yeah. And then she, so she couldn't do anything and she had record deals and she had TV yeah. offers. And she wasn't allowed to do a single one of them. That's what happened to me. And so, yeah, I mean, we moved back here. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, anyways. So let's, all- so let's talk about what starts happening. So they are, are they having meetings with you and deciding like, do we want, are you interested in doing a TV show? Like what's happening after the movie? Well, I mean, really not much. So, I mean, we waited here. Yeah, it was really, you know, they wanted to sign this big contract with me. You know, ABC, what was ABC slash Disney, but really it was more ABC. And so, you know, of course, they they drop a contract that they want to write me my own TV series, you know, and I have to get paid so much per episode, blah, blah, blah. And um, I mean, I could work, but I had to get everything approved to them and we signed a contract for a year. Well, in that year, that was, I guess, when Lizzie McGuire came about, but it was through Disney and they weren't willing to pay, you know, what my ABC contract had. Mm -hmm. So that's what happened. And then I ended up not re-signing and I actually filmed a movie during that time and that was Dodson's Journey. So that was CBS and I got to spend like three months in Vancouver and like all the surrounding areas of British Columbia, like the mountains and Whistler. It was amazing. Yeah. And um, yeah, I had to fly fish. So they, so I had like a personal Orvis trainer and he took me out. And I mean, you know, me being the Cajun girl that I am, I mean, I grew up hunting and fishing. So, I mean, that, that was awesome. I was like, he's teaching me another, you know, way to fish. And it was really, really cool. And, um, so that was a lot of fun. Yeah. So you seem to book a bunch of TV movies, like kind of pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. I had a couple offers, um, while I was filming Annie for some bigger films, but I actually turned them down one, one, it was a, you know, big producer or I mean, big director. And he came to my trailer and he gave me the script and he was like, I really want you to play this role. And I had to talk about my period and sex. And I, I freaked out and I said, I don't want to do this. I just remember like, like no, no second thoughts about it. I looked at him and I was like, I don't want to do this. And he goes, are you sure? He goes, can I talk to your mom? And I said, Nope. I said, I don't want to do it. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, you, you knew who, you know who you are. I mean, that is like huge yeah, when you're I a mean, kid. Yeah. And, then, and I remember asking my mom, cause I was like nervous. I was like, mom, I was like, did I make the wrong choice? And she's like, Alicia, she's like, this is your life. And she's like, this is your, you know, your profession. And she's like, you make the rules. 
So were That's you it. really um, involved in like choosing those TV movies like Odd Girl Out? Like, did you, was that something that you're like, oh, this is something I want to do? I mean, kind of, yeah. So um, what happened was the director um, who did Dotson's Journey, he contacted me. So I sent in a video and he didn't like it. And he calls me and he goes, you can do so much better than this. And he was like, I want you to redo it, blah, blah, blah. And so I resent a video and then, you know, I, I went and filmed the movie. Well, he was the one that was doing Odd Girl Out. Or actually, no, he was doing Miracle Run, which was the first Lifetime movie that I booked. And um, so Is he that was Mary in Louise New Parker Orleans. was in that? Yes, yeah. yes. So he was in New Orleans and I was in normal high school by this time in my hometown. And um, he calls me up and he's like, hey, I'm in New Orleans and I'm doing this movie. And he's like, you're perfect for this role. He's like, can you come down here and do it? And I was like, yeah, I hadn't worked in like three years. So it was great. I was like, yes, you know, so I went down and did it. And then that ended up leading me uh, to booking the other Lifetime movie, which was another, a different director, but it was the same producer. So they ended up calling me in to go do it. So, um, yeah, that was fun. I got to do two Lifetime So you do, you also are in this vampire film that people are obsessed with called The Thirst. You come back to New York and you do um, one of the New York Musical Theater Festival's shows with Andrew McArdle. Like you're Mm -hmm. continuing to work. At what point were you like, I don't want to do this? Or has that not happened or what? Talk to me about where you are now. I mean, I've been on the fence about wanting to do it, not wanting to do it. Since about, I, I, I would say like 19 or 20 years old. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's my passion. I, I taught theater for a while at a local high school. I loved it. That was probably one of my most favorite things with theater I ever did. Great. And, um, you know, but my other passion was animals. And I, I thought, you know, do I need to be a veterinarian? You know, I'm, I'm very intelligent. I, I graduated, graduated with a 4.0. You know, I'm like, do I need to apply to vet school? And so I contemplated that for years. And then, you know, it just wasn't what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so after my mom passed away, I decided to go spend some time in Dominican Republic. And I just, you know, I stayed there for almost two years. And I, I had some friends and I got to know the island. And um, I met my two-year-old Belgian Malinois. And she was eight months old and she was in this little shelter. And I walked into the vet because I, my German shepherd had just passed away and he had all these really good, you know, meds that were really expensive. So I went to donate them and she was there and I was just like, I saw her and I was like, what the F is that is actually what I said. I'm like, what is that? And she was just gorgeous. And I was like, you know, thinking to myself, I'm like, she looks like a German shepherd, but I know she isn't a German shepherd. And he's like, yeah, it's a, you know, Pastor Belga, which is a Belgian Malinois. And so he's talking to my boyfriend in Spanish and telling him everything. And I'm like, what? I'm like, what's her story? You know, tell me now. (laughs) And basically her owners didn't want her. And, uh, but they wanted what they paid for her. And it was $400. And I was like, okay. So I went home. I was like, give me a day. I was like, I need to go do some research. So I go home and I get online and like, I find all this stuff out about Belgian Malinois and like what I would pay for her here in the States. And, 
you know, what she's capable of and that, you know, they're a working dog. And I was just like, you know what? I was like, I can handle this. And I was like, she cannot be in this cage. And so I went the next day and I gave him the money and I took her and I flew her here to the United States. Yes. And, um, it took us a while, but, um, I was working at a vet clinic here locally with, um, some vet friends of mine and, um, a trainer that works with them for the police force and stuff was bringing his canines in. And I was like, who trains these dogs? Like, I need to talk to this person because I couldn't find a trainer that understood Belgian Malinois. I mean, they are specifically working dogs for like military and police force. Like normal people cannot handle them, but I knew she was brilliant. You know, I just watched her. And um, so I luckily found out who did and I talked to him and I was like, I have this Belgian Malinois. I'm like, she's a little over a year old. And I was like, she she needs to work. I was like, she wants to work. And so I talked him into coming see her and he did. And we've been working with him. And now we're getting our certification for search and rescue for FEMA work. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is so, did you, could you ever um, imagine your life would take that turn? Not <laughs> really, but um, it's just... You know, I I was diagnosed with PTSD um, when I was 25 officially. Like I went, I went through, you know, many years of, you know, my mom had, you know, some addiction problems after my dad passed away and stuff. And um, I mean, she has just really helped me with a lot of things. You know, she's, she's always by my side, you know, um, when I get stressed and it's taught me patience with her. Like this training has just you know, helped us both. And it's like the coolest thing I've ever done in my life. Oh my God. I think you it's know? incredible. Um, yeah. I'm a, I'm, I love dogs and uh, you know, we are, our whole life revolves around our dog in this house. And so I can tell you that uh, I get it. And, uh, it's yeah. more incredible how much you get back that you don't realize you don't even realize <laughs> it's like yeah. such a I mean, special the- bond. Well, and that's what the, well, the trainer told me, cause I've had dogs my whole life. And he's like, well, when you train a working dog, he's like, you're going to bond in a whole nother level. And uh, I was, you know, and I had an idea, but like, I mean, this is just, it, it, it's, it's crazy. The bond we have, I've never connected with an animal like this. It blows my mind. Would you, if the right project came to you, would you be open to doing that? as a performer, what do you mean? like as a, to sing and, and do a, you know, if someone offered you a job in a musical. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, I totally would. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, and I sing every day. I, I mean, every morning in my house, I mean, that that's my instrument. I'm not going to let that go. Yeah. You know? So I'm always keeping it fresh and dancing and all of that. So just in case, you know, you never know. <laughs> oh my God. No, it's coming back. I'm telling you, I feel it. There's something, yeah. there's something in the energy. Um, yeah. I, you are so special and you have such an incredible story and it seems like you're doing really unbelievable things right now, especially. So yeah. keep, please keep that up. And, um, but I need, we need to do quick fire questions and obsess. Yeah. So tell me what you're obsessed with right now. Uh, right now I am obsessed with hap keto. It is a Korean hybrid martial art. And um, I don't know much about it, but I just started and I went last night and I had the time of my life. And um, it was really funny. I walked in and he's like, oh, we have fresh meat. (laughs) And I'm like, and he's like, sorry. He's like, you know, but that's what we call you. And then like we get on the mat and he's like, 
and he's respectful about it, but he's like, do you see this American flag? I'm like, yeah. And he goes, if you don't want to respect your American flag and bow when you come in here and bow when you leave, he goes, then I don't have a place for you here. He goes, I take this art very seriously and this is what we do. My family's strong in the military and that's, yeah. So oh my God. this is, yeah, it was, it was, that it is was an intense. I'm sweating. Very, very, like very intense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, super intense, but um, I'm going to give it a try. You know, I don't know. I'm on the fence with it right now. So I'm going to go back to, Tuesday. Well, you think you're very open to trying stuff. And I think that's like how you, we get through this insanity of this life. um, My impression this week is so boring compared to yours. Uh, There's a TV show on Netflix called criminal UK, which is just about interrogations. Um, It's a scripted show, but it's really fun if you're into that sort of thing. I, I might look into it. I am. Check it out. Let me know what you think about criminal UK. I'm still trying to finish away. Oh, is it I don't away? Even, what's away? Do is it away? That? I'm writing it down. Yeah, that's the one um, with uh, Hillary Swank, and um, she's going to Mars. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's right. away, right? Yeah, it's a am movie, I, right? I, no, it's is a it series? Uh, series. All right. Yeah, I'm into it. Well, I mean, she's amazing. She looks. So be- I mean, she, she looks so good, dude. She's beautiful. <laughs> I'm like, how does she look this good at her age? Botox. Okay. Yeah. Are you ready for the Broadway Workshop quick fire questions? Sure. <laughs> okay. What was your first audition song? Castle on a Cloud. Favorite holiday? Christmas. First Broadway show you saw? The Who's Tommy. Did you have braces? No. Do you know? Invisalign. Oh, yes, me too. <laughs> um, uh, I can talk about it for hours. Um, yeah. Do you know Annie's birthday? Oh. Oh, I don't. Isn't that terrible? No, it's, it's something 1933. October 28th. She, she was born. Oh, yeah. Yes, Look, I can go back and she was born on October. You know, yeah. if I if I go in my files somewhere um, back in there. there. Favorite song to sing now? Oh. What's up? Four non blondes. What is your favorite tattoo? Dharma dragon. I saw she you is also, on my side. You have a gremlin tattoo that I'm obsessed with that I saw on your Instagram. I do. I have Gizmo smoking uh, a pipe, <laughs> like a sailor Gizmo. That, and he's like, yo, what's up? I mean, Gizmo smoking a pipe is like the title of this episode, I think. Um, yes, yes. I'm obsessed with Gizmo. Okay. What do you want on your bagel? Just cream cheese. Tell me one thing about working with Kathy Bates. Oh, I don't know. She's a singer. I, I didn't know. Like, I mean, she grew up in theater too, in Dallas. I Ooh. found, you know, I learned that when I met her. What is your go-to album for a car trip? Mm, the Beatles' Abbey Road. Do you get recognized now? Sometimes. 
Um, I bet people are like, did you go to the prom with my brother? Like people know they know you from somewhere, but they don't know how. In my hometown, yeah, because I'm from a small town. So I mean, you know, everyone knows who I am. It's terrible. (laughs) And then my family owns a huge lumber company that's been around since the 1930s. So it makes it even worse. So you are very famous in town. Oh, yeah. Everyone knows who I am. I'm like, great. (laughs) Um, One job that you'll never get over not getting. Hmm. I really don't know if there's any. That's good. I think that's better. Honestly, yeah. Um, have you ever seen Annie's Royal Adventure with Joan Collins? No. It's so bad. It is like it was. Oh a, my it was like a made-for-TV movie where Annie goes to London and Joan Collins is like. It's so bad. Um, anyway, it's you. Sh- you should watch it for a laugh one night. Um, well, maybe I will. Okay, I want blank movie to be a musical. Palm trees in the snow. What orphan should Patty Lapone play? Oh God, Pepper. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite app on your phone? No, oh, these are hard. You're- probably my hor- <laughs> probably my horoscope app. No, no, actually, I have a new like star gazer Ooh. app that like. Yeah, I'm a weirdo. Okay, weirdest fan interaction? Probably um, Adam Adam Levine's little brother, my friend Michael Michael Levine. It blows my mind sometimes that he was like my number one fan. You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah, I love that. No, it's a funny story. Um, Can you name two Real Housewives? No, I cannot. Great. Name a musical you're okay with never seeing again. Um, Cats. That's good. I'll second that. Um, Okay, if you can go back in time and see any Broadway show, what would it be? Back in time. One that I've seen or anything. You can go anytime. You can go like 1924 if that's where you wanted to go. Well, honestly, I wish I could have seen the original cast of Rent. All right. That's a good one. Um, All right. We're almost done. What movie can you watch over and over again? Palm Trees in the Snow. What is your, give me all your dog's names. Monty, Didi, and Tequila. I love it. And one thing people don't know about being a working child actor. That it's not all fun and games all the time. That it's hard work. People think it's not hard work, I think, sometimes, and it's hard. Ugh, it is hard. It's a lot to ask. Yeah. Like, it's the only job an 11-year-old can have. Like, you can't be an 11-year-old lawyer. You can only be an 11-year-old right. actor. Right. Um, Alicia, you are such a delight. Tell the people where they can follow you or find out what you're up to. Um, I mean, I'm on Instagram, but I also have a Facebook page for my dog and I, and it's called uh, That Jazz Search and Rescue. That does. You can find us on Facebook. I'm going to check that out myself as soon as we're done. You are, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for taking the time to chat with me. It was so fun to get to hear your your Broadway and beyond story. And uh, please keep in touch and let me know what you're up to. Awesome. No, thank you for having me. This was great. Thank you. Um, everyone, if you're listening at home and you're still listening, please, rem- of course, you're still listening. This is the greatest episode. Um, listen, uh, follow us at Little Me Podcast, rate and review, and follow me on Instagram at Mark Tuminelli. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. 
Thank you, listeners. This podcast is produced by Alan Seals, Dory Berenstein, and the Broadway Podcast Network, and edited by Derek Gunther. For more information on the Little Me podcast, go to bpn.fm slash littleme. And follow me on Instagram at Mark Tuminelli or on Twitter at That Tuminelli. And for more information on workshops, classes, and everything Broadway Workshop, go to broadwayworkshop.com. Thank you for listening. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.